episode of the Where You're Planted podcast. It is me, your host, Deborah, and I am super duper excited to be here recording another um, episode of the podcast. It's been, yeah, I've been really trying to be consistent uh, with recording. Uh, like I mentioned, I think in a couple episodes back, uh, my goal is to have two episodes each month. So uh, if you haven't listened to any of my recent episodes, make sure you go back and listen. Uh, don't forget to rate the podcast because it really helps me out. Um, but yeah, it feels good to be recording um, and I'm excited to be here. So I'm actually recording on the first day of October, which is a Saturday. I'm currently at home and there's just a sort of quiet and peacefulness that is in my home right now in my apartment and I don't know if that has anything to do with um, shifting weather things seem to sort of be slowing down I think maybe um, definitely in my life but maybe also like as a reflection of the seasons that the season change I don't know about you but my summer was really busy really fun but as soon as like September hit and the weather started getting colder I found myself just wanting to really slow down and I've been doing that and really really leaning into and um, enjoying that so it is just this sort of calm um, outside with the cool crisp air that I am all for so but um yeah it's the first day of October um my September though while it was good on the whole it ended pretty interestingly I had car troubles just pop out of nowhere and it was just uh, just stressful to say the least and when I was sort of like journaling about like the whole experience um it made me realize like the importance of really building like a financial nest egg or like having emergency savings backup plans for like unexpected expenses that life will throw at you because like my car i've only had it for it's going to be like a year in october even though it had a previous owner it's not a very old car and so I didn't really expect that almost a year in, I'd be taking it in for any kind of major repairs. But I guess that's the thing with life, right? You just, we hope that things go a certain way, but sometimes life might have a different idea. And all that talk about like having a financial nest egg and finances sort of tie ties into today's um, topic um which i will get into but before i do that i usually like um starting episodes with a little tidbit that i've recently learned it's usually totally completely random and off the cuff and not even usually never related to the podcast episode but i was thinking about teddy bears lately like stuffed stuffed animals um i've always wondered about the name teddy bear like why are they called that you know and as someone that really liked stuffed animals growing up i felt like i needed to do my younger self justice by figuring out 
where this name came from. So I Googled it. And it turns out that in 1903, so you know, just early 20th century, a toy store owner and inventor by the name of Morris Mitchcomb, um, you know, created two stuffed bears and, you know, advertised them in his shop window as teddy bears. Uh, so apparently Mitchcomb, Mitchcomb had, uh, had earlier positioned President Theodore Roosevelt for the permission to use his nickname Teddy. Um, the president agreed, and I think that's just how that came about. Um, I'm not really sure why Teddy, but um, apparently Theodore Roosevelt was like a conservationist, even though he led a lot of hunting trips that resulted in a lot of animal slaughter inside. <laughs> that seems just like cognitive dissonance to me. Um, but, uh, apparently reports differ as to the exact details of the inspiration behind the teddy bear, but it is thought that while hunting in Mississippi in 1902, Roosevelt came upon an old injured black bear that his guides had tied to a tree. Um, some reports claim Roosevelt shot the bear out of pity for his suffering. Others insisted that he, other reports insist that he set the bear free. Um, so political cartoonists later portrayed the bear as a cub, implying that under the tough, outdoorsy, and macho image of Roosevelt, they are more, much more softer, more sensitive interior. So I guess it's just kind of like this just juxtaposition of, you know, I think of a bear as this big, sort of imposing animal, um, but like it's kind of soft and cuddly underneath. I don't know. But point being that the teddy, teddy bear is named after former President Theodore Roosevelt. Okay, um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, so today's topic is really going to be sort of related to like finances and not related to finances in the sense that I'm providing financial advice. I just wanted to have like a money talk. Um, I think I'm just at this point in my life where I'm really thinking about straightening up my finances. Not that my finances are in disarray. I feel like I have... Um, my finance my financial situation is good but it could be better and i think really what i'm trying to do at this stage in my life is to heal and sort of understand my psychology um my money mindset um my psychology when it comes to money and finances i am a firm believer of the fact that the way i am about money now um, has been thoroughly influenced by my childhood and upbringing. Um, and so I've just been, you know, doing a lot of reading about um, finances, financial books, um, books on how to spend your money wisely, invest wisely, and books on like financial mindset. And one of the ones that I read, I want to say back in August is called Your Money or Your Life, Nine Steps to Transforming Your Relationship with Money and Achieving Financial Independence. This was written by Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. And it was, I think the version I have was updated in 2018 or something, but the book really is not like a traditional approach to like gaining financial independence. It really, it doesn't tell you you know, you need to save money, you need to invest, you need to, you know, have an emergency fund. 
the obvious advice that you hear, it more so talks about transforming your mindset when it comes to money. And there's a lot of talk about mindful and intentional spending, which I really, really enjoy because I feel like we are in an age where there is just rampant consumerism and we are frequently bombarded by advertisements and just feeling like we need to buy into every single thing. I am definitely not a person that doesn't fall into this trap, although I like to think that I spend my money more mindfully. I tend to think carefully about what I spend my money. And I think, again, this sort of has to do with my um, upbringing when it comes to money and my money mindset. But what this book does is that at each, at the end of each chapter, you're given like money talk questions. Um, so, you know, these questions um, are, these are questions you can ask yourself in your daily reflections, you know, so you just, it gives you a list of questions and you sort of just think and talk through them. So what I wanted to do today, what I thought would be kind of a fun way to delve deeper into, fun way to not just delve deeper, I suppose, also just kind of change the way we see money, um, is to just kind of work through a couple of these questions and answer them. So here goes. Um, the first question is, what did you want to be when you grew up? What about now? This isn't a good question because um, I feel like in one of my earlier episodes, I had talked about um, <laughs> comparing myself, you know, expectations that I had of myself when I was younger and the reality. And um, I think that one of the things I talked about was that when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I People would ask me, what did you want to grow up? What did you want to be where you grew up? And I said, I wanted to be a lawyer. And... If I'm being honest, I don't think I ever really had any passion for law or being a lawyer. Um, growing up, the um, career choices that were jumped into our minds were, you know, you were either going to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, a banker. Actually, doctor, lawyer, banker, engineer was not even part of it. I knew that I didn't want to be a doctor, that I knew for sure. I didn't really care about being a banker because I didn't feel like I was that good with money. So the lawyer, by you know process of elimination, seemed like the best career choice. And I, I remember, this is like a core memory in my mind, and this just goes to show that what we say to people, the words we use when we talk to people, whether we like it or not, leave a lasting impact so we have to be really careful with the words that we choose when i was in elementary school i want to say i was in primary three or four maybe four primary four actually yeah um one of the teachers um i think that taught my classroom or whatever i guess i was talking to my teachers um about the fact that I wanted to be a lawyer or maybe anyway something the conversation proceeded in such a way that one of the teachers made an offhand comment that Deborah could never be a lawyer could never be a lawyer because she's too shy she's not outspoken she's reserved 
And so she just could never be a lawyer. And I remember right there, um, that being a defining moment and that being sort of what solidified my resolve that, you know what, I'm going to prove this person wrong and I'm going to be a lawyer. So part of the reason why I guess I kind of decided on that life path was because I wanted to prove an old teacher wrong. Actually, I remember his name. His name was Mr. Victor. Um, I'm pretty sure if I ever met him and I tell him about this, he probably would not remember. But that just goes to show that the shit you say to people can impact and stay with them. Um, Obviously, I decided against that because, well, one, I didn't get into law school. I tried, but I didn't get into it. But I think deep down, it's not like I couldn't. I think I could have worked harder too. But I think deep down, I just knew that this is not really what I wanted to do. I knew that I, I'm not a openly combative person. Um, and I knew that I could not really handle the stress that seems to come with um, being a lawyer. So, yeah, Um so I didn't do law school. I think another reason that it made sense for me to be a lawyer was just because good money. <laughs> good money, I guess, depending on... I feel like even regardless of whatever um, myself, I guess depending on where you practice. But I feel like lawyers, the stereotype is that lawyers make good money. And so I thought, well, you know, even if I got into this career, I'd be pretty financially stable. So... It made sense, (laughs) some sense when I was growing up, but obviously I decided against that and I am incredibly glad that I did. Um, I don't know if down the line when I'm older, I might decide to give it a shot again and go back to law school and actually practice law because here's the wonderful thing about education and starting a career. You can really start whenever the heck you want to. And I truly believe that I made the right decision to not pursue law school um, a few years ago because I just it just wasn't in alignment with me. But that doesn't mean that that's not going to change down the line. It just would mean that something has happened that has brought that career path much closer in alignment to my values and to what I want. So yeah, Um, and I think uh, the next question that's kind of like... related to that is what about now so i guess what do you want to be now so right now i work in like the nonprofit sector i don't work directly like i don't work directly in programs within charities but i sort of am working in the background and i feel like right now what i'm doing feels incredibly aligned i've always felt like i wanted to be in a job that could help people um that would make some sort of a difference in the lives of people but <laughs> my teacher was right when they said that i'm not really i'm not much of a people person i don't like to deal with people if that makes sense Uh, that sounds really bad it makes me sound standoffish but um I don't like to the idea of being in the muck of it just terrifies me and makes me sad I mean one of the things that I do 
uh, that I do in my spare time. I volunteer some of my time at the food bank in the city, taking calls and putting in requests for people that need access to emergency food. And sometimes when I hear the stories that these people tell about their life situations and what's going on with them, you know, the amount of debt that they're in, I feel bad. I feel terrible. And I think it's I'm simply the kind of person that will bring home all these things with me. So if I was working in the front forefront um, in a charity that's really serving um, um, disadvantaged peoples, I feel like it would be something that would come home with me and I would not be able to function well. And I don't think I'm useful to anybody if I can't, in a way, separate my work from my personal life. So that's part of the reason why I'm not directly in it. But like, my current career allows me to still help in a sort of, in the sort of indirect way, organizations that are more equipped, more probably better mentally suited to provide firsthand help uh, for people that are economically disadvantaged and um, all of that sort of thing. So if you had asked me even like a few years ago (laughs) if I would be doing this now, I would have probably said, I don't think so. You know, I mean, even up until like when I was finishing my master's, I wasn't entirely sure where I wanted my career path to follow. And I, I kind of stumbled into this job and I, I'm very glad I did. Uh, when I tell you the story of how I landed this job, it seems like the universe was just setting a path for me, was just making it work for me. And it, at a point, I didn't think I was going to get this job. And the way it just sort of came together, it was something short of miraculous. So I feel like I'm really where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm very content um, with my job and my career. Okay, so um, another question on here is, what is your calling? The work of your heart and your soul? This is a big question because it's something that I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out what my life's purpose is. But I think I've had some clues along the way up until now that I feel like are kind of bringing me closer to sort of figuring that out. I I know that I like to to talk, <laughs> which I guess I'm doing right now, even though I don't, I like to talk without an audience. And I know that I also like to teach, um, but not teach in like the traditional sense. I guess teach by example. Um... I think I want to live my life in such a way that just makes people feel at ease. It makes people feel like they can be who they want to be. They can be free to be themselves and they can be free to just be their authentic whole selves. So that's like another clue. Um... And I know that I want to do something that helps people. Like I said, I don't think I want to be directly helping people. I don't think, I don't really see myself ever, you know, traveling to war-torn areas or 
being directly in the face of adversity i just don't i take on so much of what other people are feeling um and i guess what other people might be suffering at any given time that i don't which i suppose might be might make which is probably a skill or an attribute that may make me perfect for that sort of outreach work but I take on, I haven't learned yet how to take it, but like leave it when I need to and not be shrouded in another person's energy, you know? Um, so I do feel like it's my soul's calling to learn, sorry, not to learn, to, to teach and to help people. But beyond that, I'm still fuzzy. I'm fuzzy on the details. And I'm really trying not to worry about it because I'm quite young. And I've got my whole life ahead of me to figure it out. It's never too late to discover your life's purpose. I think the most difficult part is being able to live according to your your soul's, your soul's true calling. Um, but I don't know. I feel like each day I'm sort of getting closer to that. And... Like with a lot of things in my life right now, I'm trying not to look too forward to like the end result. And also rather just be in the moment and enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, and enjoy getting there. You know, savor it. Because I feel like it's probably the best part of any kind of journey. Not, I mean, the destination is also good, but like the way there is also just as good all right so last question is what could happen out of the blue that would be like a dream come true um i have so many things i guess dreams that i'm dreaming but i think something that would happen out of the blue is if i got a chance to move to the uk so a a city in the uk and just live there like and not have to worry about finding a job or taking care of myself, or living expenses, just really truly live there, and immerse myself there, and experience it, because I, (laughs) you may think I'm crazy, but I have this sense that I've lived a past life in the UK, or in Europe somewhere, because how is it possible, I'm pretty sure other people feel this, but, but I just have such a connection to the culture, the, the language, well not the language, the way people speak, you know, times from before in that specific location that I shouldn't have really have any sort of feelings towards, right? So if anything could happen out of the blue is just to get an opportunity to live there for a while and, you know, relocate there, settle there, whatever, but not have to worry about the realities of living as in a job or whatever i don't know that's like one of the things i could think about but there are probably other things too but yeah um this uh this reflection section has a few other questions but i feel like it would be too long of an episode if i were to talk about everything and i don't think i have much of an audience that i can get away with an hour-long episode (laughs) um so i'm gonna stop 
right here, but I do really recommend the book um, if you haven't read it yet. It's called Your Money and Your Life, Nine Steps to Transforming Your Relationship with Money and Achieving Financial Independence by V.K. Robin and Joe Dominguez. It's a really good read, and I feel like no matter what stage in your, you are um, in your life, in your financial journey or whatever, it's always good to get a better understanding of your relationship with money and continue to seek ways to improve them, improve the relationship. Um, but yeah, that is all that I have to share for today. Thank you so much uh, for being here, uh, for tuning into the episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, if you'd like, you can follow me on my Instagram for both the podcast and my personal Instagram. You can also follow me on YouTube uh, to put a face to the voice. I'm actually taking a break uh, from YouTube for the month of October. I just needed like a break. I uploaded a video where I talked about it, so you can go take a look if you want. But yeah, that is all for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm grateful to have you here, and I will chat with y'all next time in another episode. Bye!